0: Hey, what's up? I'm Ofosu jones Corte.
1: And I'm Leia Santa Cruz. We're the Meditation Coaches on Balance. And this is our weekly show, While Balanced.
0: Yeah, so Leia, um, today I wanted to share a recording that I made a little while ago. And uh, I got some pretty upsetting news. Um, mm. <laughs> it felt like all of this stuff that I had been reading and hearing about that was happening outside in the world had found its way to my own doorstep and in my household in a really personal way. And this happened over the holidays. And um, I recorded myself as I was first processing all this. And I actually invited a guest here to help us work through it all. But first, I want to play that recording and get your thoughts.
1: Okay, well, let's hear it.
2: All right, here we go. So I have tested positive for COVID. I am double vaxxed and I was gonna get my booster this weekend, but I wasn't feeling well. And I guess this is why. And yesterday I was just feeling very, very bad and I had a fever and so I I tried to get tested, but everyone, everywhere is so backed up. So I went this morning and yep, turns out that I came back positive and physically I'm just, I'm feeling really, really out of it. it's like having the worst flu ever and um I'm just worried about having passed it I went to visit my parents the other day and you know I share a bed with my wife and our kids come into the bed at night usually so uh, lots of implications that I'm concerned with luckily you know all the big people in the house are vaccinated and Hopefully that means we'll be okay. Um, I don't know what this means for the next coming days. You know, everyone's going to go get tested, obviously, and it just sucks. But it's life. It is what it is. But it's not having a terrible effect on my state of mind. So what can you do? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that yeah. over the holidays, especially.
0: That really sucked. I'm, <laughs> I am remembering the the me who that was <laughs> a few weeks back and it was definitely a rough a super rough time. Yeah well, I'm
1: just glad you're okay. Oh, thank and you. how did your family?
0: Fair. Um, some of us okay. Some of us not so okay. But everyone right now is okay. <laughs> but definitely in this house, most of us ended up with it. Mm. We also had some false negatives mm. while people were f- not feeling good and they got the rapid test and they came back negative. But then we found out that this particular variant was pretty dodgy when it came to uh, rapid testing so then folks went back around and got the more in-depth test and yeah then positives started popping up so mentally it was really stressful Mm. physically it was pretty terrible and then emotionally it got pretty heavy also just dealing with all the uncertainty and um initially the isolation for me was uh was a little tough it was abrupt then we had to essentially shut Christmas down in terms of how we had mapped it out. We were going to go travel afterwards to be with more family. That was obviously shut down. Then more family from, you know, more extended family were coming down with COVID. So it was just rough. And and it, it was so sudden. Yeah, It was surreal to say something that was happening to me that I had been hearing happening to so many other people on the news. It was like... I just remembered this like, am I even in reality right now? Like, wow, this is this is happening to me.
1: I think it's very easy to disassociate from the experience when it's not happening to you and to to kind of not realize the severity or how impacted others are by it until it happens to you. Yeah. Even if it happens lightly, even if you are a fortunate one to not experience a lot of the heavy symptoms like i had covid uh last year and i was fortunate that i i just had the sniffles it wasn't a big deal physically for me but it did come with a lot of that mental you know angst of oh no who did i who who was i around how's it going to impact them and the fear about that and changing of plans and so it, it i think it's interesting when it does happen in your world to recognize like wow This is happening on a global scale and people are dealing with this on a daily basis and sometimes more than once. And to really have compassion for what people are going through, others are going through.
0: I wonder if there's a mechanism that's happening in our brains that helps us compartmentalize abstract information so that we don't get too bogged down or that so that we can be productive or not too afraid or whatever. Because... I mean, I've had family members who passed away from COVID in the in the first wave of it. Mm. So it's something that was close enough to me for me to know was a reality. But I think perhaps being vaccinated and taking all the precautions, you know, I just felt a little more insulated. And then I remember t- texting my mom like, I have COVID. It just was so strange. Um, mm. Yeah, so... It's a weird way of feeling connected to the world that what's happening out there is also entirely possible for it to happen in here and has happened in here.
1: Yeah. And I know there definitely is that part of the brain that you were just talking about that recognizes others who are like us. And we can feel more empathy and compassion for others when our brain says that, oh, there's something about them that, are, that is like me. Yeah. When we can identify and see ourselves and others, then we tend to be more empathetic towards them. But what about when we don't feel there's something similar about us to another or we don't see the similarities? Like how can we have that same level of compassion for others even when we're not going through what they're going through? I think it's a deeper question here.
0: I agree. There's just so much happening in the world, whether it's conflicts abroad or something political or whatever the case may be, I think the way the news comes to us, speaking for myself, I just feel a bit conditioned to just let the information pass through and to not necessarily see myself as being a part of the story. Yeah. But if there is a COVID story on multiple levels, I'm I'm a part of that story now. And so are you. And yeah. but the thing is we were a part of that story before we thought we were. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, how do we connect with our shared humanity? When stories that are happening outside feel abstract or seem like they're not at our doorstep?
1: Mm, you know? That's a great question.
0: So, I think our guest today can help us out with this a little bit. We are bringing back a friend of the show, Wajahat Ali. He is a writer whose work has been published by the New York Times, the Atlantic, and the Washington Post, among lots of other publications, and his memoir. Go back to where you came from. Comes out tomorrow. Cue the applause button. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and uh I think his experience on the other side of news stories will give us a good perspective here. So welcome back with Jahat. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Welcome.
0: Yeah, congratulations on your book. That's a huge accomplishment, man.
3: I I feel good about it. You were giving me a nice pep talk right before, (laughs) like, you know, the book's coming out during the Omicron variant. Everyone's exhausted. And uh, you spend a year and a half, you know, birthing this. Yes. uh, If I may use that analogy as a man. uh, And you're (laughs) like, eh. So, (laughs) you know, and and you just don't know, like, this is the calm before the storm. You don't know, will it just be forgotten? will people yeah. uh, you know engage with it will people destroy it and you just there's an odd anticlimactic piece right now
0: Yes. yeah that yeah. might change tomorrow that's right it could always change And my advice to you was to just be proud of yourself and be in this moment, and then we'll see what happens. But I have a good feeling that your book is going to be very well received. I'm certain it's beautifully written, just knowing that it's coming from you. So I want to jump in because you just mentioned the big O, and I'm not talking about myself. Um, You know. (laughs) Well done. Well done. But we're talking about Omicron. Right. And, you know, talking about that, I'm definitely part of the Omicron story now. And even though it felt a little abstract at first, now that big narrative. I'm personally connected to it. Um, And I'm curious, have you had moments over the past few years when the constantly updated pandemic news hit home for you? And it's sounding like it's hitting home for you right now. And I'm wondering if this is the time or if there have been other times, et cetera. No,
3: it's been nonstop. You know, for me, uh, the reason why it's been nonstop is my daughter, who is now five, was diagnosed with stage four cancer right before Mm -hmm. she turned 30. 3 about two wow. and a half years Gosh. ago. Oh, well 3 almost 3 years ago now, right? Like April. Yeah. So for us before there was, anyone even knew anything about COVID, we were already doing hand sanitizers, mm-hmm. you know, staying in, uh, you know, lockdown because she was immunosuppressed due to chemotherapy. Mm. Yeah. And then she got a full liver transplant and then finally uh, it was almost a year, uh, two years now, uh, where she rang the bell. For those of you who don't know, ringing the bell means that's when you ring the bell symbolically when you're cancer-free.
0: Oh,
2: my gosh. Oh, yeah! And she got
3: a full liver transplant, right? Cancer-free. So far, she's doing really well. But my wife and I, after enduring this trauma, and anyone who's been a cancer survivor or, or you know, had taken care of someone with cancer, you realize it's just cancer plays for all the marbles, right? Yeah. So we were sitting there exhaling. And we're like, well, the last nine months of our life was this. What are we going to do? And right then, COVID hit. Wow. And so in a strange way, I and my family were able to ease into COVID because we had the training. This is like dark humor here. We had the (laughs) training of my daughter's cancer. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't matter what's Omicron or Delta or God knows what Greek alphabet I hope to God doesn't come, (laughs) is since our daughter's immunosuppressed, Even when America had this moment, and some America still has this moment of just not caring and not wearing masks and not getting vaccinated and not like doing anything, right? Like not doing social distancing. We're like, we can't afford to do that because we got an immunosuppressed kid. Yeah, Mm.
1: different story.
3: And so for us, it's like, we can't hang out with anyone, stay at home. I have to be careful. My wife has to be careful. My poor son, who's seven, has done virtual schooling to protect his sister. Wow. She has to do virtual schooling. Yeah. And so for us, it's been a constant. And in that constant, you have to find a way to be calm, peaceful, present, and joyful. Mm. You asked me a simple question, I hope, but I gave you our unique story.
0: It's profound, and it doesn't get more hit home than that. Yeah.
3: But there is something about this pandemic that you realize that you're connected. Yeah. You realize and even though as we, as people in this modern society, are more and more Lonely and isolated, despite being so connected via phone and internet, yeah. what you do resonates
1: mm-hmm.
3: and your actions resonate. Mm.
1: Yeah. It makes me think about the news in general, too. Like when I read a news story, if it's about the pandemic or something else, I can feel so distant to it. It's headlines, paragraphs, and words. And I think that's why it can be hard to connect with sometimes and easy to tune out or disregard that I'm connected to others. But as we as individuals and people on the path of meditation and looking to empathize more deeply with others even when the news doesn't impact us directly i think it might be helpful to hear from you more about like what goes into making those words would you mind to share about a story maybe you reported on what was involved who you might have talked to yeah
3: so i'll just give you an example i just turned in a um article based upon this hostage crisis that happened uh, last week in Texas, you know, where Mm -hmm. this man, this 44-year-old British man, came in uh, and decided to hold four Jewish uh, worshippers hostage in Texas to demand the release of a Pakistani Muslim national. It's as atrocious as it is stupid. Terrible. Right? Because anti-Semitism is the oldest hatred, and it is dangerous, and it is fueling white supremacy here. It's fueling uh, violent Muslim extremists abroad. Mm -hmm. And so someone might sit there and go, well, why should I care? I'm not Jewish. And I'll tell you how it hits home really quick. As soon as the identity of the man was released to be a British Muslim man, all of a sudden, that anti-Semitic incident was used to launder Islamophobia. Mm. And people said, CC was a Muslim. All of them are like this. So now, some of those same forces use that incident to hit Muslims. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. And it's one of those situations where you could sit there and go like, well, this doesn't affect me. I don't care. Two things, I would say. Macro is, in this country that we're living in, the United States of America, the number one domestic terror threat is white supremacy. And people say, eh, it doesn't affect me. But what we've seen is it fuels other forms of bigotry. And we should care and empathize because even if you don't think it affects you, it does affect you. Synagogues, mosques, Sikh Americans. You see what I'm saying? These people are connected by a a conspiracy theory that blames one group. And that conspiracy theory then is used to attack all of our groups. Mm -hmm. And it hits home. That's one on a macro level. Now you're sitting here listening to this and you have to take it personal. Suppose you're Jewish, suppose you're Muslim, suppose you're Latino, suppose you're black. You're like, I got to tune out, man. This is just too much stuff. And I feel like there's the balance here with empathy and being connected and caring about those communities that might not be your community, at the same time processing this onslaught of information in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. And it's okay to take a pause. It's okay to breathe. It's okay to talk to someone about it. Even though this synagogue story was happening in Texas, many Jewish Americans around the country were traumatized by it. So, Mm -hmm. to check in with folks and also to check in with yourself, don't completely tap out. We need you. Do what you can to make sure that you can check in in a way that you're most healthy and joyful.
0: When you're reporting that story and you are talking to people who are affected, either directly or indirectly, What's that like for you emotionally Mm -hmm. as a reporter?
3: You know, I'm glad you asked because even with this article that I wrote about that came out like I got hit, Mm -hmm. my sentiment was widely shared and appreciated. But you can imagine some people with their political agendas pounced on it. So now Mm -hmm. I'm being attacked for the last two days, right? So a part of you then says, I'm a reporter and I'm, I am I write and I'm a commentator, but I'm also a human being and I'm also Muslim. And somehow I also get sucked into the story. Like I said, I can only control my own intentions. I can only control my own actions. I have my energy out there in the world. I have my work out there in the world. People will believe what they want to believe. I can't allow these forces to silence me. And hopefully I have to have faith in the universe that people will see my intention and my actions. Yeah. And I know that these tweets and this article I wrote are speaking to a bigger connected level. Mm -hmm.
0: Yo, Wajahad, thank you so much. I mean, there's so much in what you've shared and so much depth of feeling and honesty and truth. And personally, I'm walking away, you know, feeling like I've got just some reminders on how to navigate when the news hits home and just these crazy times. I want to congratulate you on your new book. It's a wonderful accomplishment. Thank you. You should be proud of yourself. And I want everybody that's listening to go read it, Tell them again what the title of your book is. Go back to where you came from
3: and other helpful recommendations on how to become American. Uh, it's it's out tomorrow. I, I really hope people like it. And it does talk about self-care and it does talk about mental health. And it does talk about the very real problems that we're facing as a country, especially marginalized communities, and mm-hmm. how you can find a way to move forward with joy. And, and I'm very proud that the book
0: ends on hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wajahat, thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Stay well. You too. Hmm. I think Wajahat's experience is very unique, but it's kind of like an extreme example of of uh, you know with what happened with his daughter and her scare and protecting her from COVID, and then what he faces in real time as a journalist and all that that entails, and still trying to find a place where you don't hide from your connection with humanity, you don't hide from the truth, you don't disassociate, but you still try to h- operate with a sense of self-care through it all. Mm. In in a way, all of the news hits home, whether we admit it or not. It's we because we are an interconnected world, and it's really our choice to say that this doesn't affect me this has nothing to do with me and just kind of pretend and live in a bubble until you know the news in- inevitably does have something to do with you you know i'm sure many of us have experience with covid it's almost like this kind of magical wishful thinking that like oh if i don't you know absorb too much of that news or if i keep it at Arms Bay mentally, then it won't really affect me. And I think the real vulnerability, you know, when you're connecting with the news is recognizing that this could happen to me. I could be directly affected by this. And that's a, it's a scary thought.
1: It's just a reminder to tell us, be vigilant to some degree, to be aware, you know, be mindful of the world that's happening around you and the choices that you make every day. But what do I stand for? how do I use my voice in a way that matters? And how do I care for others in a way that helps shape the world that I'm in? And maybe I can't change the whole world as one person, but I can change my little section of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's not close our eyes, but we can also be kind to ourselves.
1: Well, thanks for joining us, and thanks to Wajaha Ali. If you want to read his work, you can go to his site, wajali.com. That's W-A-J- a l i dot com his book go back to where you came from will be available starting tomorrow january 25th
0: yes 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 congrats again with your and always uh great talking with you leah and for you listener if you like what we're doing here please tell your friends
1: and make sure to follow our podcast so you can get notified when the episodes are added
0: all right y'all take care be kind to yourself and we'll see you again soon
1: Chao.